Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, no matter what people are telling you, I have people told me that I would never buy an apartment complex six months ago. I'll never buy an apartment complex. Now I have 188 units under my belt and a little over 20 million. And I was told six months ago, I would never buy an apartment complex. I would never grow to where I want to be. I was told I'll never be a billionaire. My goal is to be a billionaire and I know I'll achieve it because I'll never give up. I know I won't. Um, so that's the biggest takeaway is just never give up. No matter what roadblocks you're coming against, find someone who has a positive mindset that you can talk to. So when you're in that low, because like we were saying, that entrepreneurship's high, high, high and low, low, lows. When you're in that low, you need to talk to someone so they can get you, get you out and say, what are you talking about, Chris? You're, you're talking crazy talk. Don't give up. Keep pushing. Look, this is what you do. So that's the biggest thing I could say is just never give up. I get, I get hyped about Thanks it. Thanks, all, for tuning into Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dreams. Are you ready? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast where we make dreams real. Today, I've got the pleasure of hosting Chris Salerno. Chris and I met at the Multifamily Investor Nation Summit. And for those of you guys who don't know, I had the opportunity to present with those guys. I guess that was late last week on Friday. It was an amazing event. Chris was working in the background with Dan Hanford and the rest of the guys who were hosting the conference. And afterwards, we got to do a mastermind. And believe it or not, it was the day before 4th of July. And Chris and I were the only two people to check into that thing. And so we really spent, you know, basically an hour getting to know each other's trading stories and as Chris was telling me about some of his goals and ambitions, he mentioned that he wanted to start doing some podcasts. And so I offered him our platform and told him I'd love to jump on the phone, especially after hearing his story. So here we are. It's Friday, the 5th of July. Yes. I'm glad to have Chris here bright and early this morning. We can jump in and learn a little bit about him. So Chris, with that said, you know, I probably didn't do that resume any justice. Will you um, dive in and tell us a little bit more about you and what your focus is? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much for having me on. It's an honor for uh, to be on, and it was an honor to uh, spend an hour with you to get more 
uh, to learn more about you and your business and um, how you want to uh, reach your goals and how you're going to hit your goals. So that was very exciting. So thank you again. So yeah, my background is, is that I started in the womb of real estate. Um, I just have a passion for it. I love real estate in general. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've been here over 13 years. From being here in Charlotte, the past three years, I've been in residential real estate and studied residential real estate at a very high level. And then um, from that, I gained a very quick success, success track record uh, throughout the years of me selling and coaching, done over 40 million in real estate volume and over 150 homes sold just myself. Wow. Now, the biggest thing is, is I stepped into a leadership role on the number one team in the Carolinas and I helped them get 40, 46% profitable in one year compared to their three years that they were stagnant. Um, so being in that role, I'm really business oriented and that's what actually rolled everything into multifamily, which was a nice transition. Uh, and I studied multifamily for about a year and a half before I made that leap into it directly full time. But going into multifamily, what we focus on here at QC Capital is basically failing businesses that need to be more profitable for their investors and that their P&Ls are just off and their business model is not making a profitable business. So that's why I enjoy it because I go in and I make that business profitable and our investors are happy about it. So that's how I got into the multifamily industry. A uh, little quick, quick summary in regards to that. Yeah, man. Profit is the key word there. And, you know, in multifamily, we're trying to drive NOI because that right. will drive the valuation. That so cash flow. Tell me, I mean, how you said you started it with real estate in the womb. Tell me more about that. I've never heard anybody describe it that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm always I'm always different. So really, I just when I came out, um, you know, I knew real estate and the architect and design of real estate. I grew up in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Um, and if anyone goes down to Fort Lauderdale, Miami, you will see crazy design buildings, Porsche design tower. I was talking to that developer on Instagram. So, you know, just the, the design of everything just intrigues me mm -hmm. um, and what you can do with it. You know, I see multifamily buying multifamily. I'm say, for example, I buy 200 units. That means I am housing over 400 people. Okay. So I'm giving something back to the society by creating a roof over people's heads. Um, so I feel that I can help people throughout the real estate industry by um, making sure when I go into these multifamily places, I fix them up very nice and I create a nice living space. Mm -hmm. uh, but my, bro my father has been a broker for over, I'd say, 45 years in the state of Florida. So I would say he was the big um, reason why I was having real estate on my mind by just shadowing him. I remember I was in elementary school and I would run out during recess when they had recess back then and I would get very hot and then I'd run into the nurse's office and swipe up all the sweat and tell her I was sick. So she would feel my forehead and say, oh yeah, you have a fever. Go ahead and call your father. So I'd call my father and he says, you just want to come to work. And I said, that's all I want to do. Um, so he'd pick me up. I'd put a suit on and I'd go to work and I'd sit around people discussing business and discussing, you know, how to grow a business. And I, I feel that that's where all, a lot of my knowledge came from um, was sitting around that circle table with um, gentlemen that were 50, 60 years old while I was nine years old. 
and they were discussing business and I was learning from them discussing real estate. So that's where I feel a big majority of the success that I have achieved in the past came from. Fly on the wall. I mean, that's brilliant right there, man. Come on. I got yeah. a fever. I need to go home. <laughs> school wasn't teaching me anything, you know, and I'll, I'll preach it all day is, is college is the best business in the, in the world, in my opinion. Um, and they train you and brainwash you when, ever since you're in elementary school, yeah. that you have to go to college to be successful. But I was just, I wasn't feeling it in first, second grade, just wasn't feeling it and never felt it for the rest of the 10 years that I was in school. Wow. 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 I've never heard anybody come up with that. So did they ever catch <laughs> on that this was your nope. game? I mean, your dad no. did, but did the Oh yeah. My dad did after the fifth time. Uh, but no, they, they didn't catch on. And, you know, I would think of different ways too. you know, not just the fever. Cause if you do something consistently, they're going to catch on. So, um, they had the little thermometer and I would, uh, when she'd walk out of the room, I would rub it on my, uh, my pants really quick to create that friction of heat and then put it right back in my mouth. I mean, I did everything to get out of school. Wow. Yeah. So tell me, I mean, that's probably not a defining moment, but maybe sitting in the room is what, what are your three defining moments? The ones that kind of had the biggest impact on where you are today in your life. Yeah. Great. Great. I think those, um, that's a great question. And I think it can hit everyone deeply, obviously differently. My big defining moments I would say was when I was, uh, around 10 to 12, I got in a bad situation. And like we discussed, you know, everybody who partied in their twenties, I did that when I was 10. So I was in a wrong crowd and I got hooked on, not hooked on, but I got introduced to drugs and all that. And after that, that was a really big defining moment to change my life at such a young age with no leadership. And I think that right there started with my, my mental state of being positive all the time and having a strong mindset to overcome uh, big situations that uh, is brought to me. So I think that would be definitely one. Two would be uh, what just happened six months ago. And I was telling you about that, um, a previous employer who, you know, I thought was a coach to me who I thought uh, was a leader and wanted me to hit my goals was saying suicidal things to me to um, try to get me to commit suicide. But if it wasn't for my strong mindset and my positivity that I had in my mind, um, you know, who knows would have happened to me. But I think that's uh, another big defining moment. And then for a good defining moment, because it, I, it definitely can be good and bad. I'm always about that positivity. <laughs> um, the good is meeting my business partners, you know, taking, um, I always, I draw a circle and the circle is your comfort zone. And if you draw a circle outside of that comfort zone and you put your goals within those two circles, that's where the success sits is okay. getting outside of that comfort zone. So about eight to nine months ago, I got outside of my comfort zone to meet certain people that I wanted to meet that I knew that would take me to the next level mm -hmm. um, in my business. So Perfect, perfect, perfect. So it's interesting. I think we learn the most in those negative moments or the moments of loss or failure. And I use air quotes with failure, but when things go well, we don't really learn all that much. You usually have success because, you know, we already knew the answer before we got into it. Correct. So, as you think about life right now, and I guess maybe those things as the context for it, what's most important to you? Most important is to really give back my knowledge and help people grow. 
Um, I went to, uh, we chatted before I went to, um, Winthrop university is, and I ran division one track as an athlete. And after a year and a half, I realized that college was the best business because they're guaranteed their money. And that's the only loan you can't file for bankruptcy on. So I realized that very quickly and, um, I got out of college and now this is going to be my third year mentoring the business department at Winthrop university and <laughs> giving back my knowledge to help people succeed is uh, is why I love doing what I do. I think a biggest thing I believe in is laws of attraction. So if I give my knowledge back, you know, now time is very valuable and that's something we can't buy back as humans. So I, you know, my time is valuable. So I do charge for that. But a lot of times I don't. And the reason why is because I know laws of attraction something will come back and something good will happen to me. And I will then think, oh, well, it's because I did something nice. So really giving back my knowledge, helping people succeed, helping people grow. Um, I was on a 30 minute call with a, a wonderful lady who's actually investing in my deal here in Charlotte. And she was having some trouble out in California. Mm -hmm. uh, with appraisers and with going on with the valuation of the property. And I gave her my, you know, just my knowledge of, you know, the situation and what I think can happen. And she was like, wow, I didn't even know that can happen. I'm going to start that right now. So hopefully I've been checking up on her. Hopefully everything goes smoothly and uh, mm -hmm. she can get out of that hole that was, um, was dug by someone else. But, but yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is just giving knowledge back and helping people. Yeah, it's perfect, perfect. It's interesting when you have more than one person working on a problem, how creative the solutions get and how one person can say something that takes the other down a path that they had, hadn't even yeah. considered before, right? Yeah. Uh, so let's move it to your three biggest lessons. What, what would you say your three biggest lessons in life were? Three biggest lessons in life. I would say de definitely uh, I'm a risk taker, but I'm a calculated risk taker. And you have to be a t calculated risk taker if you want to build wealth. And I feel at a very young age, I've, I've learned that very quickly is, is taking risk. So you taking that extra leap outside of your comfort zone. Yes, it is. I mean, it is crazy you know the the down you have on the entrepreneurship level um, you have a very high high and a very low low and that low um, going ahead and taking that risk I would say would be a lesson that you you need to always calculate that risk and you always have to have a plan B and a plan C in my opinion make sure when you're going and taking that risk, um, that that plan A is that you just take down all the way down to the the very little it it has left in that bottle before you even try to make another option. Um, so I would say the lesson in regards to that was uh, me learning how to take uh, very calculated risks throughout the real estate industry, um, mm -hmm. making that transition over into multifamily um, from single family residential sales all by myself, really. Just reading books, learning from people, watching podcasts, listening to podcasts, watching podcasts, um, watching YouTube videos. YouTube videos are a very big help, but that would say one of my big lessons in regards to that. Okay. And so let's just dive on that a little bit further because you also, I think, invested in some coaching to go yeah. with your YouTube and podcast. So mm -hmm. why make that investment? Why not just, you know, graduate from YouTube, you or podcast, uh, yeah, state definitely. college? 
Well, you, the biggest thing I've noticed, and I, I used I, I used to coach people around the United States on how to sell themselves, how to sell real estate in general. I mean, I'm big into selling yourself, so I can. I've been told I can sell anything. It just, you know, I, I love to train people to sell because every job's selling. Right. You go to the bar to grab a drink; they're they're selling you on something. Really, the the big thing in making that whole transition and to really go ahead and hire a coach was something deep to me because I think everybody still needs to be held accountable. I hold myself very highly accountable, but if you're holding yourself accountable, you're only going to hold yourself to a certain level. It's just human nature. You're only going to hold yourself to a certain level and then you're going to say, uh, maybe not, maybe, you know, maybe I do it, maybe I don't. Having a coach holds you to a whole nother level, a whole nother standard, but it's also who that coach knows and you network with. So it, you're surrounding yourself in a community where you're networking with inside that community from your coach and the platform your coach brought to you. And then you are also building your knowledge from that coach and the platform he's brought to you as well. So a lot of people I know hire coaches and maybe have a call once a month with them, you know, once a week with them. The biggest thing is holding yourself accountable and hiring a coach and having a call twice a week with them um, to take your business to the next level. And they may not tell you something you like, but you got to do it to step outside of your comfort zone. Also, I like hiring a coach because it limits your risk. The biggest thing is, you know, taking taking calculated risks, especially in the multifamily industry, but having a coach who's already been down that path, who you can call up and say, hey, I'm running through this issue, or hey, give me your advice on this, and they tell it to you, you can limit that risk, which means you will grow your business quicker. Um, and reach your goal quicker. So I realized that um, coaching other people and getting coached and uh, my coach was actually the first coach I hired. I just read a lot of books to get me to that, to that point. Um, but some coaches come with a very hefty penny. I mean, some right now will cost you one semester in college, um, but you have to take that calculated risk in yourself as investing in yourself and taking that and building it to your, for your knowledge, um, to take your business to the next level. Yeah. I was just, I just got off a call with the coach and I was I'm looking for who I'm going to work with. And mm -hmm. you know, he was 40 grand for the year. Yeah. And I was like, how do you, what is $800 worth of value a week? And how do you, how do you even measure that? And at the end of the day, you know, I, based on track record, I think it's probably worth the investment. But how does a person rationalize that big of a number when, you know, the average median income is only $50,000 a year? Yeah. I so mean. how do you pay somebody 80% of the median income? And, you know, I don't know. People figure it out, though. And then they have this massive success on the backside and people wonder what it was. And a lot of it is themselves. Mm -hmm. The majority of people who get coaching are going to be successful regardless. It's just a matter of the speed that it, they get to that level of success and how many times they have to bump that table in the dark when they're walking around in that room they've never been in with all the lights off. Um, and if you want somebody to 
you know, turn on a flashlight or hold up a candle or even turn the light switch on in the room, they can absolutely do that, but they're not going to do it for free. And, you know, I think the majority of the guys that I've talked to, and even when I'm coaching folks, you know, if they don't get a multiple on the money that they invest in the process, they can have their money back because at the end of the day, it's about creating value, right? The value that coaches create for people is a whole lot more important than the money that goes in their pocket. It's more about being significant and not about making the income. You need to make an income because, you know, you're taking time away from your business and the things you're working on that produce revenue. But by the same time, and I guess the other thing that I've found out more and more is when people pay, they pay attention. Correct. They don't, they just waste it away. If you're going to pay 40 grand, you're going to hold yourself accountable and you're going to do whatever, you're going to do whatever that coach puts in front of you paying 40 grand. You know, I think the biggest thing is, is like I said, is networking with who I'm going with my coach. I'm flying out at the end of July. We're going to the same conference and we're going to hang out and I'm going to network with people that are going to be surrounded by him. So it's going to be extremely valuable. But once your coach takes you to a certain level, why not create your own coaching program? Right. You know, right. Um, the biggest thing is knowledge and no one can take that away from you. Um, so invest in yourself, invest that time and money into yourself to grow your business. Hey guys, it's Jerome. I just want to let you know that over the past 10 years, Dreamcatchers has been helping folks turn their wildest dreams into reality. My thesis on life is dreams should be real. And this podcast that you're listening to is hopefully giving you inspiration to go out and pursue your wildest dream. If you need help on that journey, Dreamcatcher stands ready to help you guys make that happen. Visit dreamshouldbereal.com to get some additional information. And with that, let's get back to the show. Perfect, Chris. I don't know if you had any more big lessons you wanted to share with us. And if not, we can move on to the next one. But yeah, I would say I would say those are really the big lessons, um, you know, just um, just stepping out of my comfort zone, you know, and, and it did it does not feel good. And um, it does, you know, it will not feel good for any of the viewers or attendees. It will not feel good. But you, just, you have to make sure you take that calculated risk and take that next step. You just got to do it. Just got to do it. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. And then I guess one more thing on that calculated risk piece is. And multifamily, if you mess it up, you're not talking about a hundred dollar mistake. I mean, no, it can be hundreds of thousands of dollars if you're not careful. One hundred percent. And I and I'll let you know this: I'm buying my first property, or I bought my first property uh, with no money down. And yeah, that it sound it sounds amazing, but the risk was very high. And the risk was I built wonderful relationships with a client of mine who uh, lended me the money um, for the earnest money and down payment, which was around $160,000. And if something went south, that money is gone. And now I owe that money back because it was a loan. Big difference. But, <laughs> yes. 160000 Just like you said, what? The median household income is 50000 It'll take a while to work that off. I mean, that's like a, that's a student loan for some of the folks that go to the fancy schools, right? Correct. It's 20 or 30 years trying to pay that thing down. So Correct. So how do you think I felt? Oh, yeah. You know, I made sure every dotted and T's are crossed, um, but I took a calculated risk, which paid off. Um, some people would never do that. But the biggest thing I have studied is 
failing is not the biggest failure in people. It's people doubting themselves. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest failure. Before you even get to it, your, your, your mind's telling you what if, what if, or should I do it or should I not? That's why you take extremely calculated risk and then you just got to go for it. Perfect. You just got to go for it. So if I gave you a time machine and you could go back and change something, is there anything that you would do different? If you gave me a time machine, I would take my knowledge I have now back to when I was 10 <laughs> um, to see where I'd be, you know, in, in 10 years. Um, that's the only thing. No, I wouldn't change anything different because it molded me to who I am today. It molded my mind, my positivity, um, and my work ethic on who I am today. You know, I would say I would tell my younger self because when I was in when I was in school, you know, and you're, and you're young, you believe everything you hear and say. And when a teacher tells you, you're, you're not good at reading or you're dyslexic. I, I read a book about billionaires that 69% um, of billionaires are dyslexic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I can, I can't remember the book, but I can recommend the book and you can um, post it for people too. But yeah, it speaks, a gentleman interviewed over a hundred billionaires um, and got really deep into them. Um, but 69% are dyslexic. So when at a young age, when you tell people, you know, um, you can't read or this and that, it really digs deep into their mind. But with me having a strong mindset, I would have told my younger self to read more books and read books on the path you want to go. If it's real estate, pick up every single real estate book there is, read about them, and then slowly go out to business books and understand how the business is operated, how a business is formed, how it's profitable, you know, how to treat your employees better so your employees will treat your um, customers better. So all that right there, I would say tell my younger self to read more books. Speed up the education process. I yeah. love it. So let's dig into your what. I mean, we spent a little bit of time on your why, your what. Yeah. What gift are you giving the world right now, Chris? My knowledge. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to write a book on where I came um, in a short period of time and how I overcame someone trying to really speak down on me and trying to put me in a situation where I may have con committed suicide. And so I would say my knowledge, you know, just giving back to help people to take their business to the next level and to create a positive mindset, a positive energy, because people feel that energy. They feel that passion. Um, and when I talk real estate, I mean, I just want to hop out of my chair um, because I love it. I have a passion for it. So just helping people create a positive mindset. Um, I think the whole world would be different with a, with a positive mindset. I don't watch the news at all. Right. There's, there's nothing positive on the news. No. Maybe one thing a day, right. you know, but other than that, there's nothing positive. So why, why surround myself with it? Have start you ever, you know, how many I, people start their day with that nonsense? Oh my God. It's crazy. Now I don't watch TV at all. Now, if you, if you do remember those commercials about the prescription drugs, <laughs> yeah, 98% of that commercial is how you're going to die. I mean, it, it tells you how you're going to die on 98% of that commercial, but they, sh they're showing a happy commercial with the family. Right. But if you're listening to it, it's 98% how you're going to die and how you need to talk to, you know, go to the hospital if something happens. Mm -hmm. Why would I want to listen to that and put that in my brain? I don't. 
I want positive thoughts. I want positive energy. And when you tell yourself and when you, when you really envision yourself hitting your goal in your mind, you'll end up, you'll end up doing. It. And I read books on that as well. If you envision yourself hitting your goal and if you envision yourself, what it looks like once you hit your goal, you'll end up doing it. We always say that it has to happen two times first in your mind and then it manifests in reality. It's and true. So, I mean, that's huge. The biggest thing I preach too is that when, when you first go into the military, what's that first week called? Don't hold me to it because um, I've asked a couple of people and some, um, all of them said yes, but I haven't been in the military. But it's called Hell Week. Right. And what do they do in Hell Week? They Tear them carry, down tear them down mentally and build them up as a United States um, army or trooper or air force. They build them up as a soldier, but first they know psychologically they need to build their mind, mind down to the ground and then rebuild it into a machine. That's what you have to do in life. That's what you have to do in the real estate industry. That's what you have to do. If you are thinking about investing in stock or wanting to be a stockbroker, whatever career you do, that's what you have to do to your mind is build it down and build it strong back up into that career. I love it. So what's the next dream you're focused on catching? I was reading that before we hopped on. Um, I don't have dreams because in my opinion, dreams are something you can't get. I have goals. Okay. And goals you accomplish. In my dreams, do you accomplish a dream or not? You know, we all wake up from dreams and it's kind of like you think about them, you don't, you know. Um, you go to tell someone that dream and then you're like, well, I forgot. The dream. So goal is... I have written down goals. Um, so the next goal is accomplished is obviously take my business to the next level because the bigger my business is, the more people I can help. And so really in the next five years, have a billion dollars under management for multifamily. And I know that will take a, a lot of hard work, a lot of networking, um, but I am out there working hard and networking with anyone and everyone I can. So that is my long-term goal. Uh, my short-term goal, obviously, that billion is broken down to each year and what I have to do to each year and who I need to contact and to take my business to the next level. That's big, hairy, audacious right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I don't hit it, I'll be shy of it, of $700 million, which it still isn't bad. That's not but, bad. <laughs> but then I got to I, I, I still got to hit my goal. I still no got to hit my goal. No question. Um, so, and, and it starts right here with your mindset, your mindset. I envision myself hitting it. And the biggest thing is, is that my, that is my goal. And my overall goal is to win Forbes 30 under 30 and to be a self-made real estate billionaire on Forbes. But you have to have it in your mind. If you look, I'm going to show you this real quick. This is my fiance and I, but as you can see, I have my goal right here of a billion this year, uh, 15 million under management. And then that is going to be my income. So nice. I, I have it there every time I see it because psychologically I'm putting it in my mind. That's what I have to hit. That's what I have to do. Nice. Nice. That's programming, right? You know, they call right. it TV and radio programming and we have the ability today to program ourselves by the content we consume. And every time you pick up your phone, you get a reminder that here's what we're working towards. And, right. and, the, and the biggest thing is, is, you know, um, we, I, I highly, you know, love, I love spending family time. 
Um, and I think it's, it's great to spend family time because you, un, you, you, you tear your brain down, you know, from all that hard work, go, go, go. You do need that, that just to relax with family and to, you know, not always think about work, but I, you know, I always have it in the back of my mind, but to that time after you eat lunch, after you have a lunch meeting and it's one o'clock and you look at your phone and you want to take a nap that just tell that's just reminding me, Hey, I got to work. Today's not an off day. I got to work. I got to go out there. I got to talk to people. I got to reach these certain contacts a day um, to hit my goal. So it, it's very helpful. Got it. Got it. So what's made the difference in getting what you want versus when you don't? Myself. <laughs> that's made, that's, I mean, that's the difference. I can't blame anyone else. That's myself. Um, plain and simple. You know, it's how hard do you want it? How bad do you want to take your unfair share of the pot? You know, I, I talked to you about this earlier is that back in the stone age as humans, when we were starving and, you know, we just, we were, our bodies were getting weak. We had to go hunt for food and it was life or death. You were going to find some sort of food to eat for the family. And really that's, that's just how I see it. I mean, that's, I take calculated risks to put my back against the wall to make sure that I am working to my potential and beyond that. So I would say, I would say that's it. So what are you most grateful for, Chris? I'm most grateful for really the people who I've met along the way, you, um, the knowledge that you poured into me on our earlier call, you know, some of the situations you've seen, um, in business and stuff like that. So that right there, you know, by that contact, that has limited risk for me because if I ever step into that situation or feel like I am, I know who I'm going to give a call to. I mean, so I'm more, I'm most grateful for the people who I've met, the family that I have, and the people who I have impacted their lives. And if it's regard to business, taking their business to the next level, or just giving them a positive mindset. Um, having a positive mindset where I have some text me every morning. I have some text me twice a week just to hear the positivity to, you know, and they may feel down because we all do as humans. Some days you're, you're going to feel down, but just with them texting me and me talking to them, I get them back up um, and get the ball rolling. So I feel um, that's it. Wow. So, I don't think we unpacked this over the course of this conversation and I've got to know what happened that put you on this path of such positivity and self-improvement because, you know, you, you describe who you were with at 10 mm. and that's not this path. So no. what snatched you out of that and put you into this new life? Yeah. And really digging deep into that. I know a lot of people that would have probably died before they were 20. I know a lot of people that, you know, probably wouldn't have gotten out of that. And, and you know, they don't these days too, which is sad, but to dive, dig, really dig deeper into that. Really. I just, I've, I always love what money can buy and money buys everything in the world. If you need something, money buys it. If you need healthcare, money buys it. If you need a new car, money buys it. So I realized that that money controls everything. And at that time, I was, I was around 12 to 14, and I said, well, I have no money. Um, the government is against me because I can't work until a certain age. And the environment that I was in, I just I, need, I wanted something better. I wanted something better. 
And to only get that, I knew I needed to work. And I've created that mindset of where I just don't give up. You just don't give up. Plain and simple, you just do not give up. No matter the circumstance, never give up. So um, when I was 13, 14 years old, I went up to the local restaurant, talked to the manager, and I said, listen, I'm this age. I'll wash your dishes under the table. You pay me $20 a night. She said, deal. And that was, you know, or it was, it was $10 and was it, it was like $20 and, and it wasn't $20 an hour. It, it may be like $10 an hour. I can't remember now, but she, she let me work back and I cleaned dishes. And then once I had the dishes cleaned, I looked at the chefs and I said, Hey, you know, I see you have orders. You want me to make salads for you? So I'd wash my hands and go and start prepping salad. So I created that mindset of never give up keep working for your goal. So I started accumulating money that way at a very young age and doing some entrepreneurship stuff. I did a business proposal to Cedar Fair, which owns Carowinds here locally. Um, they own around th over 13 different parks around the United States. I did a business proposal when I was 18 years old to them. So really to dig deep into it, to make that transition, I, I saw what money can buy. Um, and I realized that I needed a lot of money and if I can get a lot of money, I can go ahead and help more people because the more money I have, the more people I can help, the more animals I can help. So I realized that very quickly and I decided that I needed to work to gain as much money as possible and to gain the knowledge as possible because knowledge, you know, a lot of kids that I mentor who are in college these days, they're like, well, I'm worth 25 an hour. I'm like, well, guess what? You're in debt and you just got out of college. You're not worth any. So you can't be worth 25 an hour. Uh, EMTs only get paid 15 to 20 an hour. So you're worth 25. Okay. But I, I tell them, I said, you know, forget that because you're seeing it from a different point of view. Yes, money is everything, but knowledge is everything. So go work for free. Gain that knowledge somewhere. Go find out where you want to be. Find out what career path you want to be. Find out the best company in that career path. Knock on their door and tell them you'll work for free. They won't turn you down. Tell them you'll work for free to gain that knowledge because that knowledge will end up being more money in the long run. Just like Warren Buffett, this is a long-term game. Warren Buffett made 98% of his money after he was 50 years old. Wow. At, Google it. I've studied him very heavily. After he was 50 years old, he, he made 98% of his money. Wow. It's a, this is a long-term game, and guess what? We only have one shot at it. Who, you know, no one knows where we go after this, but we only have one shot at it. Wow. Time is very valuable to us. So make sure you take that time and you use it wisely. And no one can take this away from you. I can take money away from you, but no one can take this away from you. Um, and you need this to grow and to take your business to the next level. So I realized that at a very young age and I started reading books late because of I've had teachers say I was dyslexic, all that. So I didn't care to read books. Um, but then I started, I started reading books and I realized that once I dropped out of college, I, my first book, I bought Think and Grow Rich. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Um, and I highly recommend watching The Men Who Built America because just the business thought process behind that out is crazy back in the 1900 or 1900 to 1930 when they were building America. I was like, wow, 
you know? So that was the first book I bought for $9.56 at Barnes and Noble. And I put it in the passenger seat when I was driving home. I looked at it. I said, you, you cost me $9.56. You're going to give me a better education than that college did. You feel that way still? Oh, I feel that way. 100%. <laughs> Get a book. $10, $20 book will give you a better education because look at these colleges. These colleges are having books from 19, or 1980, 1990, and you're paying five, $600 for Why? Why? You need up-to-date knowledge, but it is good to go back and to tap into that, just like the book Think and Grow Rich. That's an old book, but you need books and you need to read books on your career because that right there will help you and push you and also limit your risk. These are people who have been down these paths before. Why not read about it so you limit your risk? That's how I think of it. The mentor you never actually meet. I love it. Yeah. So I think I'd be remiss if I don't force you to talk a little bit about your no-kill shelter concepts. Yeah, yeah. So my big thing is my mother has um, stage four breast cancer. Um, it's been a, about two, two and a half years. Um, she went from eight tumors on her spine and a softball-sized tumor in her breast to only now they, – they say there's no tumors on her spine anymore, and which is an amazing sign, and there's no softball in her breast. So, and she did it the whole natural way. First, she went to a doctor who was a big doctor here in the area and um, worked for a big corporation, which obviously the government is has control over. So they were telling her these crazy things. And just me mentally, I was like, this, this doesn't make sense. Coming from a business point of view, it makes sense on their end, but not on our end. So I said, we need to go to a new doctor. We need to find a private institution. So she found a private institution and changed her total health. So going from the, my two goals is one, to build a private institution for people who have cancer to make it affordable so they can go and get treatment, which is where I, why I work so hard to reach my goal. The second one is is to build a big no-kill shelter. So here in the Charlotte area, uh, we have a couple no-kill shelters, but the other, they're, they're, they're not big, and they have to turn down a lot of the pets. Um, and from my last study, there were 700 animals a month they have to go ahead and put down because they just have nowhere to house it. So my goal is to build an, or to build or operate a big Amazon warehouse and just have crates in there to house these animals. Because like I was saying, you can yell at a dog for peeing in the house, go out and get the mail, come back, dog's happy to see you. Right, um, right. So really the animals put a family and bring a family together. So that is why I work so hard is to reach those goals so I can help people. Got it, man. Perfect, man. So a given heart, nothing yeah, like it. That's it. So if people don't take anything else from listening or to the podcast or watching the video on this one, what is the one thing you want them to get? Never give up. Never give up on your dreams. My fiance, we have a six-year-old and um, you know, that's when your mind starts forming. That's when your mind starts growing. You start to, you know, um, really see everything. Um, I have trained her that when, even for looking for the other shoe, because we do as humans, we miss a shoe. I don't know how, but we miss a shoe. We miss a key. We lose our phones, everything, even for those little things. 
she, I don't help her at all. She comes back to me and says, I can't find it. I can't find it. I said, what do we do? She says, we never give up. And I said, go back. And she ends up finding it because she has that mentality that I will not give up searching for this item or I will not give up writing this down or I will not give up doing this. So I would say the biggest takeaway is just do not give up. Um, no matter what people are telling you, I had people told me that I would never buy an apartment complex six months ago. I'll never buy an apartment complex. Now I have 188 units under my belt and a little over 20 million. And I was told six months ago, I would never buy an apartment complex. I would never grow to where I want to be. I was told I'll never be a billionaire. My goal is to be a billionaire. and I know I'll achieve it because I'll never give up. I know I won't. Um, so that's the biggest takeaway is just never give up. No matter what roadblocks you're coming against, find someone who has a positive mindset that you can talk to. So when you're in that low, because like we were saying, that entrepreneurship's high, 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 and low, low, lows. When you're in that low, you need to talk to someone so they can get you, get you out and say, what are you talking about, Chris? You're, you're talking crazy talk. Don't give up. Keep pushing. Look, this is what you do. So that's the biggest thing I could say is just never give up. I get, I get hyped about it. Yeah. 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 I can feel <laughs> I get it. Real, I get real hyped about it. Yeah, man. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you yeah. jumping on. I'm glad that we're the first outlet to talk to a future billionaire. Thank you. And, I appreciate uh, it. You know, when, as you start checking those boxes on the milestones on, you know, for your goals on your way to realizing the end goal, um, we'd love to check back in with you and see how definitely. things are going and what you learned and just follow you along the journey. It's awesome, man. For sure. I'm definitely going to set up um, for the podcast everyone I do a year out so I can check in every single year and give all the viewers and attendees where I went from, from that first one to that second one, that third one, that fourth one, so they can f kind of feel that and kind of watch my process along the way. So yeah, I'm very excited to be on the next one. And thank you very much for having me. Very excited we connected and definitely looking forward to meeting you and having lunch with you in person. Yeah, no question, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, uh, Chris. All right, you're welcome. Take care. Bye. If you want to learn more about Dreamcatchers, please visit the website at dreamshouldbereal.com. If you can think of someone who would benefit from these types of opportunities and are willing to share what we're doing with them, we would greatly appreciate it.